0: Hello, Texas fans. This is the Longhorn Confidential for Thursday, October 22nd. I'm Danny Davis, the Austin American Statesman. As always, I'm joined on Thursday by Mike Craven. Mike, say hello to the people. How's it going, everybody? All right, Mike, we're going to do things a little different today. Um, Usually we do our interview later in the podcast, but today that's how we're actually going to open up things. Um, Last week, you caught up with Austin High quarterback Charles Wright. Uh, Charles joined UT's 2021 recruiting class in August. So, of course, the Longhorns were a topic of conversation when you all chatted. You guys also talked about um, some of the things he needs to work on and Austin High's 2020 season, so let's take a listen to that.
1: You know, uh, a big emotional
2: win last week. Kind of what was the focus? How did y'all kind of come back and kind of put that in the rearview mirror, focus on Aiken? Just keep the momentum going. Um, You know, our guys have really focused on, you know, attacking each drive every single game, Um, you know, going 1-0, not only on the game but each drive. Um, We came out a little slow. Um, but we ended up picking it up, and we had a good uh, good second half as well. Now, I think everybody's got to deal with this, but just how much dealing with the adversity in
1: the spring and the summer has kind of helped you all come into this season? Is it kind of a blessing in disguise in some
2: ways? Most definitely. You've got to count your blessings most definitely during this time. Um, you know, prior to that first game, we had three days of practice before it. Um, we turned around, and we had a great game. Um, so these guys have, have battled through the adversity, and they keep fighting, um, and that's all we ask. So. Being a senior, being a quarterback, how much of keeping those guys on schedule was your
1: responsibility when everything was kind of breaking down?
2: You know, I think just, just making sure that those guys knew that we had a mission for this season, um, keeping it in their minds. You know, we weren't able to practice, like I said, for forever, um, and just keeping that football season in their mind um, and ready to win and compete was was big for us. So. Um. When you come out here and you have a good,
1: you know, like basketball players, you ask them kind of does the rim get bigger. As a quarterback, does that kind of happen for you? I mean, you kind of felt like you were on from the very beginning
2: there. Yeah, most definitely, and I think that just comes from experience, like you said. Um, But, you know, I think I've developed a lot more from film study and just trusting my receivers as well. And same with my O-line. They've done a great job of protecting me. Receivers have been making plays left and right, so I'm very thankful for what they've done for me. How much different does it feel being a senior compared to being a sophomore? It's weird. You know, um, I kind of feel like I have everything in my hands right now to, to really take advantage of what we're, we're the opportunities that we have right now. Um, and so it's hard. I I, I don't want to think of it as this is my last year at Austin High. Right. You know, I want to keep, you know, keep going. one to know each week and just thinking about what I have to do for that week and each practice.
1: How much do you pay attention to the next stop, right? How much are you watching the Texas Longhorns, and kind of what are your thoughts? Man,
2: there? I mean, th- it's hard not to watch them, you know. Right. They're my team, and, uh, you know, I've watched them every weekend. I'm trying to watch as much film as I can on them, kind of outside of it. So, right. you know, I'm trying to get cut-ups as much as I can out of it. I'm um, just trying to learn. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I'm excited for the future, but right now we have a task at, t- at hand and in going in the playoffs.
1: You know, as a quarterback,
2: what are you seeing from Coach Irshich and that offense that excites you? Explosion. Um he really trusts sam he trusts his quarterback um, which is a great feeling not only for a recruit but you know I, I would assume for sam as well um, and so they, they sling the ball around um, and that's that's very uh, that's something that really appeals to me so i'm excited to get there and, and learn I think players kind of understand this more than fans and onlookers right but just how hard
1: must it be to kind of install an offense and kind of go through this in year one with everything that's happened
2: oh it, it's extremely difficult i mean same with uh, i mean they've New coaching staff, COVID, um, everything on Zoom, like I'm telling you, I'm sitting in, in in, school all day on Zoom and I can barely focus. Like it's just you know, it's it's draining, you know. So for them to come in, install an offense and already average this amount of points and they're dominating on the offensive front, um, it's really impressive. So yeah. You're clearly playing really well. I think it's like 19
1: touchdowns over the last three weeks or something like that. Um, you're a competitor. So sure. where do you think you need to improve, or what are some things you've left on the field?
2: Uh, there are definitely some reads out here tonight, same with last week and the week before that I left on the field. Um, you know, just extending plays with my legs. Uh, last year I kind of tried to throw the ball up and make get our receivers to make a play, and so I'm trying to, you know, extend plays with my legs. Um, and just being more of a smart football player, taking what they give me, you know, first down take it each first down and go from there all
0: right man appreciate
2: it yeah appreciate it.
0: okay mike uh this was the first time you, that you had seen charles Wright in person what were kind of your thoughts when uh after you saw that game i believe they were playing aiken so maybe the competition wasn't the best but you know you still got to see him in person
1: yeah like you said Aiken's probably didn't give me the the best to look it just kind of that was kind of game that worked out for my schedule but he's an accurate quarterback you know not not as big, uh, not as powerful, maybe as some of the other guys Texas has recruited, or you know schools like Texas recruit at the quarterback position. But he can add that. Uh, what stood out to me was his his accuracy and his ability to move within the pocket. You know, we all talk. You know, we know he's not a dual threat guy who's going to run for 500 or a thousand yards or anything like that. But he moved really well, kind of just sliding one way or another to buy himself some time. So, uh, he looked like a really aware quarterback, a really accurate quarterback. I think that just goes to the tutelage he's had. He's, he's pretty far along in terms of reading offenses and stuff like that.
0: Now, conceivably, Texas is going to need a quarterback when Charles gets to camp or something. Anyone expects Sam to, to be back next year. But that quarterback room is not going to be pretty crowded. Casey Thompson is going to be around. Uh, he'll be a junior still, assuming he gets that extra year of eligibility. Quentin Jackson, Hudson Card, both uh, four-star kids who are true freshmen um, th- this year. Is Charles, who is a three-star prospect, may get a little bit of a bump since he's a Texas signee, but is, uh, can he compete, can he join that quarterback competition next year? Or is this going to be something where he's insurance down the road, may need a couple years to you know, get used to you know, college football under Mike Yuricich and Tom Herman, assuming those coaches are still around?
1: Yeah, I don't think he can walk on campus and immediately get into that mix, even though he's going to be an early enrollee and get through spring brawl and theory and all that kind of stuff. I, you know, Casey Thompson's just been there for too long. He's going to know too much about, about the offense. Hudson Card and Jaquindon Jackson were just different level uh, quarterback recruits coming out of high school. Uh, Hudson Card, by all reports, has looked really good behind the scenes. Uh, the coaches really like what they have in him. So I, I, just, I, I think there's some things that Charles needs to, to work on in the weight room um that will limit his ability early on i think once he kind of i think colt mccoy was a little bit like that where you know he kind of came in a little wiry and undersized and once he started adding some weight and getting a little broader and bigger now he could make all of those throws and I, i think charles just needs to get a little bit stronger and that's just you know being a teenager not everybody's built uh you know powerfully right away like a sam ellinger was as a teenager
0: now, Charles was originally committed to Iowa State, and essentially how he ended up at Texas was Jalen Milroe, a quarterback from the Katy area, decommitted from his commitment to Texas. He had been a longtime Texas commit and switched to Alabama. Can you compare Charles and Jalen, can you compare and contrast those quarterbacks, or are they just two different skill sets, and that's not fair to either?
1: Yeah, they're probably, cl- they're probably two different skill sets.
0: You know, Jalen's uh, more of a dual
1: threat guy who can really threaten defenses with his legs. He can do RPO stuff. He can do, uh, you know, read, you know, different things on the outside and, you know, be a, be a designated runner. Where Charles, is not that he's unathletic, uh, but he's not going to be a guy where a running offense is built around. You know, he can run when he has to and he can move around. He's not at all a statue. But – you know, off Texas offense with him in charge, isn't going to be, you know, quarterback run heavy. So I, I just think they're different, um, different players. You know, Jalen's probably further along physically uh, than Charles Wright is Jalen you know, has a stronger arm because of that, just a, a bigger, stronger guy. Um, but, you know, I, I think in terms of like mechanics and accuracy and some of those things that are, are kind of undervalued in recruiting, I think Charles Wright is a, is a heck of a prospect in that way. I don't, I don't want to undersell him by saying this, but, I mean, there's a reason Jalen Milroe was a, you know, an Alabama guy, a Texas guy. I mean, he's one of the uh, best players in the state, whereas I'm not sure anybody really feels that way right now about Charles Wright. Now, that doesn't matter. You know, there's been plenty of highly well-thought-of quarterbacks that didn't do well and guys under the radar that did fantastic. So that's not at all uh, like a, a final receipt on what these guys are going to be. But right now, Jalen is further ahead than Charles Wright is.
0: I'm sure we could ask this question to a bunch of different people. We could ask our Mike, our guy, Mike Roach's question. We could ask Justin Wells, our, our friend over at Inside Texas, this question. Um, But you specifically, when you are scouting quarterbacks and you are looking um, at these high school, this high school film, or when you're seeing these people in person, what is something that you'd like to see? Is there like a checklist that you have when you're looking at quarterbacks? What is it, that you'd like to see from a quarterback and, you know, did Charles Wright check those boxes?
1: Yeah, for me it's accuracy when they're young. You know, maybe that's different if you ask, like, a guy who scouts college kids going into the NFL once they've had, you know, real weight room and, you know, gone all the way through puberty and stuff like that. But uh, for me, arm strength and those kind of things can uh, be improved on as you get stronger and you just grow older and that kind of stuff. you're either accurate or you're not you either know where to throw the ball or you don't you know uh, you either know how to lead receivers or you don't like those are just things that are uh, innate feel type stuff to me and I think Troy Aikman was talking about this the other day on TV Uh, if you can't throw the ball where you want to throw it none of the other stuff matters and so I do think uh, in my industry we get too involved in the height and the weight and the, the arm strength and who can throw, you know, what's considered a pretty ball or whatever when, I mean, to me, it's can you say where you're going to throw it and then throw it there? And that's, that's where it starts with the quarterback position. So accuracy is probably the thing I watch for the most at the high school level.
0: Since uh, Charles attends Austin high, um, right in our backyard, I kind of thought it'd be fun to tackle the Austin recruiting scene today. Um, We Both both, you and I have ties to Austin area covering the Austin area football scene. You've obviously been watching these recruits for a long time. So I just kind of wanted to um, look at the area because Austin, for good reasons, gets overshadowed a lot when it comes to recruiting. So we'll start there. Austin, it's not Dallas. It is not Houston when it comes to recruiting. But I'm curious, how would you rate this area in regards of the talent that it has produced? Maybe not only this 2020 recruiting cycle, but maybe the last couple of years. It's uh,
1: getting a lot better. You know, I was at Cedar Park from 99 to 2003. And if you came across a Division One athlete, I mean, that was a rare and special thing. Guys like Myron Hardy, Eric Hardeman, those kind of guys were, were not at all uh, the norm. They were absolutely the outlier. I think you get to it now where, I mean, they're pretty much every single team in this area has got one or two guys that are at least getting looks, you know, maybe not at a power five level, but, you know, even like a team like Hayes that wasn't that great for a long time. And they have some athletes over there. They put like 35 points on Lake Travis. Hank Carter says they have some of the best skill set guys in, in the area, or at least in that district. So I just think the depth of it is changing and some of that socioeconomics, you know, that this the there's been a lot of, of of new faces in Austin that maybe you know weren't here 10, 15, 20 years ago so that's that's helped tremendously all the growth that we see when we sit in traffic every day uh you know helps the football scene so like you said it's definitely not Houston or Dallas and you know there's not really anywhere else in the country that are, that is Houston has more NFL more NFL players were born in Houston than any other city in the country uh, but Austin's definitely third on that list I think it's better than San Antonio you know, maybe if we want to group East Texas uh, together, that's, that's number three. But um, over these last few years, especially since I started as a statesman in 2017, um, there's two or three guys a, a cycle in the Fab 55. That was not true when I was in high school or in college. So I think it's improving. Is it, is it Houston or Dallas or New Orleans or Miami? Of course not. Uh, but it's absolutely a place that college coaches are making a stop, whereas 10, 15 years ago, yeah, you could probably skip over Austin and still do okay.
0: Is there a position group that the Austin area does well, that uh, college coaches take seriously when, you know, a player pops up? I'd assume maybe that's quarterback since, you know, Baker Mayfield, Nick Foles, Drew Brees, although they're all varying ages, but they're all Austin area kids like Travis and Westlake. Is there something, um, a position that, you know, these college coaches, if a kid out of this area is playing that position, they'll they'll take them seriously?
1: I think quarterbacks it, you know, even the young guys like a Hudson card and Sam Ellinger, you know, Westlake's quarterback right now just got a offer from Georgia last night. You know, uh, there is a lot of really good quarterbacks that come out of this area. Now, again, that, that goes back to socioeconomics. Quarterbacks tend to to be from a certain background. You need a lot of private tutoring and that kind of stuff. A lot of times to be excellent at it at a young age. And so Austin tends to be a place, especially Lake Travis and Westlake where that, that can happen, and you can uh, be groomed from a really young age by you know private coaches and stuff. And so, you know, I, I think with the NFL success, the college success, it's frankly, even just the high school success uh, in the city, uh, you really have to pay attention when guys are putting up big numbers at the quarterback position. And then, by an extent of that, the skill position guys. I think we've really seen an influx of wide receivers, uh, defensive backs, uh, just those those kind of athletic. Uh, guys that uh, maybe weren't here 5, 10, 15 years ago at, at, with as much depth as they was because there's there's throwing offenses now. So if you're a wide receiver, you're going to put up big stats. If you're a defensive back, you're going to be able to get a lot of film against the passing game. So I think that becomes an easier spot to recruit than maybe uh, in places where the running game is still you know kind of the predominant force.
0: I'm assuming if you were to compile a list of the past. Five, 10 years the area's top recruits you would have Garrett Wilson uh, the receiver from Lake Travis who's now at, o- at Ohio State on top that list so who would be number two who's your second best recruit from the area over the past uh past few years is it Sam is it someone else who would you who would you pick
1: uh frankly I think if I was doing a list over the last 50 years Garrett Wilson would be number one I mean he was he's really really good um does J.K. Dobbins count if LaGrange counts I'm going to go with J.K. Dobbins.
0: We, I, I covered him in high school. He was in our coverage area, so I will, I will count LaGrange.
1: Yeah, so that, that would be my second – my number two. If, if, if LaGrange counts, I'm going with Dobbins. If it doesn't, uh, this may be uh, recency bias, but you know, Alfred Collins from Bastrop Cedar Creek, defensive tackle, already getting a lot of snaps for the Longhorns. Coaches are really high on him. Uh, maybe it's because he plays a position that, t- that Austin doesn't necessarily always have a ton of stars at. Uh, but he's going to be a guy who's probably a future NFL dude.
0: Uh, you kind of mentioned your the FAT55 list and how it's not uncommon to see, you know, three, four local names on that list now and how that's kind of changed since past years. Uh, looking at the 2021 FAT55 list, the most recent version you released in August, there are three Austin area names. So I kind of wanted to get a quick scouting report on those three, as well as one name who was on the original version and since dropped off, but We can talk about him, too, because he's still a fine player. But we're going to start with uh, LBJ cornerback Latrell McCutcheon. He's going to Oklahoma. He's number 21 in the FAT 55 list. What can you tell us about Latrell?
1: Uh, Long, lean, athletic. Uh, Missed his junior year with a leg injury back 100%. I mean, it – my, this is how I like to do recruiting. If you're a four- or five-star recruit, my mom should be able to show up to practice and know you're the best player within five or ten minutes. He is that guy. Like You show up to LBJ practice, and you're like, okay, okay who's that guy over there? Um, he's just a, a really good athletic player who Oklahoma uh, should be able to mold into a Big 12 uh, all-conference all type cornerback.
0: I'm actually going to skip the next name on this list and come back to him because I wanted to uh, follow up what you just said because if we sent Mom uh, McRaven to LBJ practice, they have another really good football player on their team, uh, Andrew Makuba, a, a defensive back who's going to Clemson. He's number 30, 30 on the FAT 55 list. What can you tell us about him? And, you know, if we go to an LBJ practice, can you tell one from the other? Are those just two guys that you're, you just kind of marvel at? Yeah, Makuba's not as
1: physically – awe-inspiring right like i mean he looks like a normal human being i don't think mama craven would know he was great until he started running and then once he started running you would know he's elite because that guy can move um so he's just really athletic he's really fast and if clemson comes into the state of texas and isolates a guy that they really want he's outstanding i mean i, I just think at this point Dabo sweeney in that program uh, deserve that kind of cachet Uh, They recruit only the best of the best. And if they think Andrew Makuba is one of the the best of the best, a lowly recruiting writer like me should not argue. So uh, a really good football player who, you know, played more offense than defense as a junior. So I think he kind of slipped by me when I was originally doing my Fab 55. Uh, But like I said, the amount of attention he got on the recruiting trail is just undeniable. And then you add his athleticism and his just straight speed, and he should be a really good football player.
0: I believe this weekend is the LBJ-Lampasas game. So if you're a Texas yep. high school football fan, check that out. Lampasas obviously has Ace Whitehead, the Texas-bound baseball player, as its quarterback. And then Latrell and Andrew are great defensive backs. So I think uh, Lampasas has a offensive lineman who's going to Rice or something like that. So that should just be a fun fun game if you're in the area and you want to check that out. But Going back to number 29 on the FAT 55 list, we have Hutto defensive lineman. Landon Watson. He is a TCU commit. At one time, he was an LSU commit. So obviously, you have two very good programs uh, going after him. What can you tell us about Landon?
1: Just an outstanding edge you know, In Modern football teams are going to pass the pass the football. So on the defensive side of the ball, defensive end and cornerback kind of become the two money positions. Landon Watson can grow into a hand in the ground, three down defensive end. He can play stand up outside linebacker and rush the passer if you're in an odd man front. There's a really versatile athletic edge defensive uh, player who uh, in my opinion still hasn't even scratched the surface on what he's capable of doing once he gets to to fort worth and gary patterson who can clearly coach defense i think he's a difference maker off the edge in terms of just getting after the passer
0: i wanted to touch on um lake travis tight end lake mccree he's not on the current version of the fat 55 but he was on the original version he's going to usc he has once committed. to Committed to Texas, that name should be familiar to the people listening to this podcast. But what can you tell us about Lake and what kind of player did the Trojans uh, get, assuming they do sign him?
1: Yeah, I mean, he dropped off the list strictly just because I haven't been able to see him enough. You know, he's been injured a lot. You know, he's, he was injured as a sophomore, injured as a junior. Uh, seems like he's healthy now, uh, playing some good football. They don't have, you know, their quarterbacks out injured, so maybe not getting as many touches as normal. Um, but a really high, highly recruited guy. Uh, athletic uh, big frame can box out guys um, I want to see more of his senior film and he he's a dude that's kind of right on the edge that can creep back in with a big senior year
0: a uh, couple last questions for you about the Austin area recruiting scene before we before we move on to Craven's corner but um, those four commits we committed or those four recruits we just mentioned they're committed to schools that are in Texas Oklahoma TCU Clemson USC. We mentioned that Lake was at one point Texas commit, and we know that Texas was in on Latrell and Andrew. I'm not really sure what Landon's uh, recruiting was in regards to Texas, but none of these guys are going to Texas. They're all in the backyard. Does Texas not have a home field advantage? I know we've talked about that um, before, but Austin area kids, they're, are they not guaranteed to go to Texas if Texas, Texas comes knocking? I don't think
1: so. You know, and there's different factors for that. A lot of it's Austin's kind of a commuter city nowadays. You know, I mean, we both live here, you know, you, you meet 10 different people. I say eight of them aren't going to be from Austin. You know, they moved in here from somewhere else. So, you know, now those people's kids are starting to get into high school and starting to get recruited and they didn't grow up here and they weren't huge fans of Texas. And so uh, staying at home isn't as big of a deal. I think also, In today's society, you know, these guys, they they want to get out and go and go experience something different. There's not so much the homesick factor as there used to be because of FaceTime and cheaper flights and just everybody's on TV with games now. I think it's easier to go out of state to be somebody like Makuba who uh, committed to Clemson without ever even visiting Clemson. He's never even gone to that school, and he picked that school. So I just think uh, you combine the fact that not everybody's from here, just, you know, born and bred a UT fan. Uh, And then that it's not as scary to go out of state as maybe it used to be. And then you add in the fact that Texas simply has not been good at football in their memory. You know, the the guys who are getting recruited right now uh, were like six or seven years old when Colt McCoy got hurt. They were like three or four when Vince Young won a championship. So, you know, those aren't even memories for them. They're just, you know, stories told to them by older people in their families. So I think all those factors combined make it really hard for Austin just to put up a wall or Texas to put up a wall around Austin if Texas starts winning football games I think that drastically changes
0: in this uh, 2021 recruiting cycle is there a recruit in the area that's still uncommitted that's worth keeping an eye on is there a top uncommitted prospect or um, or is everyone all the talents in this area kind of uh, spoken for
1: yeah, it's all pretty much spoken for. You know, Dunlap
0: over at Del Valley,
1: uh, he's committed now. Um, so yeah, in terms of like national guy, you know, there's there's always going to be talent around that's still looking for schools and stuff. But if we're talking just main, you know, big Power Five type uh, recruits, you know, most of those guys have already picked, and that's that's true. Not even just in Austin, but everywhere. You know, this cycle, I think, with the lack of visits and, and everything going on, and then you know, the eligibility uh, not getting taken away from the guys playing right now. A lot of schools are going smaller classes this year than they probably would have otherwise. And that's forced a lot of guys to go, okay, we better get on board or we're going to lose our spot. So there's just not that many uncommitted guys throughout the state or the country, much less in Austin.
0: When it comes to the 2022 re- recruiting cycle, who kind of stands out? You mentioned Kate Klubnik, um, the Westlake quarterback earlier, who just got that Georgia offer Del Valley has two, Caleb B's, Caleb Burton, the receiver, Caleb Brown, the linebacker, both those guys are going to be, um, you know, recruited by multiple schools. Is it kind of those three in the field or are there other people that are worth uh, looking out for in this 2022 recruiting cycle?
1: I think a few more names will emerge, you know, with big junior years. You know, right now we're just talking about guys who had huge sophomore seasons or, you know, are already racking up big offers for whatever reason. Uh, Caleb Burton – you know, he's thought of in that same Garrett Wilson breath. And I, I have a hard time, you know, putting anybody up there, but you know, Burton's already a five-star guy. He's considered the number one wide receiver recruit in the nation. I was really looking forward to getting out there a few times this year, in practice or in games or watching him, but he's hurt. He's going to miss the year. Uh, so that's going to make that one tough. Uh, and then, yeah, Cade, Cade Klubenek at, uh, at Westlake, their quarterback, you know, won a state title uh, last year, got a Georgia offer uh, yesterday. If Tech, Texas didn't already have five-star quarterback commit Quinn Ewers. I think uh, you know Cade would be a guy that was was closer to the brain of a lot of UT fans. He'd probably be that you know main target. It'll be interesting to see what Texas does there. If you have uh, that kind of elite guy in your backyard, do you try to sign two guys and, and the best man wins, or uh, you know do you kind of keep him in touch in case uh, Quinn looks elsewhere? There's a lot of moving parts there when you have a, a, a dude who's wanted. Uh, like that in your backyard at a school that you've recruited well that Sam Ellinger's from um, the head coach went to UT there. So it'll be interesting to see what Texas does uh, with him because he's really picking up steam on the recruiting trail.
0: Fun, a fun fact about Cade is uh, his older brother Reed um, went to Westlake. and was pretty good quarterback. The only problem was, there was one guy who was a little bit better than him, and that was Sam, um, who was a year younger. And so Sam beat out Reed for that quarterback uh, job, I guess it had been 2014, and uh, it worked out well for Reed. He ended up being like a record-setting receiver at Yale, so I think he's uh, he is doing fine. Let's head over to Craven's Corner, our weekly little uh, look at gambling. Um Published online on hook'em.com on Wednesdays. It'll be in the newspaper on Thursdays. So you can read up on gambling while you listen to this podcast. Uh, the line everyone cares about that's listening to this podcast, Texas Baylor. Last I checked was uh, Texas by nine. I've seen eight and a half also. Um, I may have been double digits earlier this week. But what are your kind of thoughts on this uh, line, which is interesting? Texas is floundering, but Baylor pretty much has not played uh, in, in a three, four weeks because uh, of coronavirus issues. What do you think of this line?
1: This line uh, smells of COVID to me. You know, this kind of seems like one of those things where uh, the gamblers aren't sure kind of who's going to be available for Baylor, considering you know, kind of the problems they've had within the program with, with COVID over the last couple weeks. Their game against Oklahoma State was canceled. So I think this is a little higher than most people would, would imagine uh, just because Baylor may not be at full strength. It's just hard for me to believe Texas beats anybody by nine. I mean, I guess you got to win by 10 for you to, to get this game. So, I mean, if, you, if you're taking Texas plus nine, you're saying the Longhorns are 10 points better than Baylor. And I'm just not sure Texas is 10 points better than anybody in the Big 12, except for Kansas. I mean, I don't even know if they're 10 points better than Kansas. So, uh, I'd probably stay away from this game just because of all the COVID concerns. I mean, who knows who, who's playing and who's not at Baylor. But if I was to place a bet, I think I'd – and take the points in Baylor, not even have anything to do with the Bears, just because I don't trust Texas right now.
0: Yeah, I've kind of gone back and forth in this line. Like, I usually don't look at lines, but you know, just this week with everything that's going on at Texas, on like one hand, I, you know, I'd want to think if these guys really like Tom Herman and want to, you know, quiet the noise around him, um, they'll go out there and beat a team by 10 points that they should be by 10 points. I mean, regardless how good Baylor is, and regardless how good uh, Charlie Brewer is, the fact that they barely played in a month, and Texas was probably on paper better than them anyway, even though Baylor won last game. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised to see a blow up, but like you said, Texas plays close games. That's all they do, even against Kansas these last, last couple of years, uh, you know, coming down to field goals at, at the end of the game. So I could see this going any way. I, I think I'm going to predict a Texas win by a lot, of, a lot of points, but I also, if you were listening to me for gambling advice, you were a silly, silly person. Uh me too this last month to be honest uh do you, are there any other NCAA or NFL bets that you are that your eyes are on that you are kind of looking at maybe salivating a little bit over
1: yeah mine are in the big 12 I really like OU minus six and a half against T- TCU <laughs> I don't think the Horn Frogs are any good I mean they they had to bench their quarterback last week or the week before and a loss last time they played um I think Oklahoma with a week off after You know, kind of scraping by in that four overtime win against Texas. I think they come out and play. You know, their first full complete game of the year and and beat TCU by at least uh, by at least ten points. And then uh, Iowa State's the three and a half point underdog to Oklahoma State. I kind of I picked Oklahoma State to win the Big Twelve before the season, and I I kind of like the pick. What worries me is the quarterback controversy that's brewing there. Uh, You can kind of feel Mike Gundy. Uh, overthinking something here. Spencer Sanders is is getting healthy. He can play again. True freshman Shane Illingsworth has played fine in in his stead. I just think Gundy's looking too much at the record. This team is better if Spencer Sanders is a quarterback. I don't know if he's going to be able to just get the reins back and and go back into being the full-time quarterback. Sounds like Oklahoma State may play two quarterbacks. I'm a believer in the whole, if you have two, you don't have one thing. I'm taking Iowa State and three and a half.
0: I think it's time for us to get out of here on, on that, uh, on that advice. But, uh, you, uh, in addition to the Craven's corner column, you have your dotted line column throughout the week on Monday, you had your interview uh, discussion with Charles, Wright That you published uh, Tuesday. You had some in-person scouting reports on some uh, people that are Texas has their eye on. And then Wednesday you wrote on some out-of-state targets that, uh, Texas is also looking at. Um, what else are you working on this week and any big projects down the road for you?
1: So uh, Q&A with Offensive Tackle Commit, Max Merrill comes out uh, tomorrow. Really enjoyed talking to him. Uh, pretty honest guy. I always ask um, you know, kind of, you know, when and why did you fall in love with football? And, and I always laugh because most of these recruits have been, like, the most athletic person in their area since they were, like, in the womb, you know. You kind of talk to them and they're, like, superstars, like four and stuff. You know, Max, he's kind of a fat kid, unathletic, kind of, you know, the big fat kid that. Uh, didn't really, you know, do that great at sports growing up. You know, his little league coaches kind of made fun of him for how slow he was to first base. So he kind of grew into football and grew into to loving the game. So I, I really liked the q and A I I did with him. And then this weekend, I'm up in Dallas. Thursday, going to go see uh, Mr. Qu- Quinny Ewers, the, the five-star quarterback from South Lake Carroll. First time to see him this year. Uh, so excited about that. And then uh, Friday, uh, going to South Grand Prairie. First, Arlington Martin to see uh, outside linebacker Kid Mitt, uh Maurice Blackwell. I saw him earlier in the year against Denton Ryan, uh, which was kind of an unfair matchup. Um, and I didn't get to talk to him after the game because they, they, they lost. And I was doing uh, interviews with Jatavian Sanders and stuff. So going to go see him for a second time. Maybe hopefully get a, a little better look with uh, his team not being just completely overmatched.
0: Awesome. You people, if they want to follow you this weekend, can follow along on at Craven Mike on Twitter. Um, I'll be covering, helping cover the Texas Baylor game. So that's AAS Danny on Twitter, if you're interested in that. But we're going to wrap it up here. Um, We'll be back next Thursday with more recruiting news. Uh, Don't forget to shoot us a review at the Apple store, and the Google, Google podcast app. We appreciate that. Thanks for tuning in each week. We'll see you down the road. Bye. Peace.